This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. To have Rav Lopiansky with us again, second time. I don't think most people are able to say they get to see Rav Lopiansky give a year once even. And it's a big schlitz to have once, but twice. Wow, that's already uh, pretty amazing. Um, everyone here is reminded that they are... Uh, it's totally okay to keep your videos off, of course. If you're willing to and you'd like to, you can certainly keep your video on if it helps you focus and it helps, it certainly uh, can help you focus, uh, but there's no pressure in either direction. Ravopiansky is uh, known throughout the country, throughout the world as a uh, leading uh, Rav, leading Gadol in our community. And we're excited to hear uh, words of Torah from him yet again. Uh, especially exciting, we're not, I, I'm sure he won't plug for himself, so I'll give a plug. He recently published, somewhat recently, I guess, um, a Sefer on Nevi'im. So I think the first Sefer is on Nevi'im Rishonim for now, um, but that Sefer is very accessible, I think, uh, for many of our participants as well. Um, it's in Hebrew. It's mostly quoting the Rishonim, the sources that are found in the uh, Nevi'im. So it's a very, very accessible, uh, helpful tool for learning Nevi'im. Maybe we'll make that resource available to people uh, after this year of Uh So without further ado, we welcome uh, very excitedly Rav Lopiansky. It's, it's very nice to be part of a beginning of, of uh, another group of Shurim, Lahag Torah Lahadir. So Sefer Shoftim is a very difficult Sefer, difficult in a sense, it weighs down difficult on a person's heart. Um, the, I, the, I wanted to give a little bit of an introduction, I guess, to some of, I guess, in, in the bigger picture, what exactly what happened to Shoftim. There's one more Mokram that I did not send. I forgot to send it, and then it was difficult to send. It's a small piece, and I can, I can just read it. Uh, it's two or three lines, actually, two lines. It's from a Sefer. The Sefer is technically called Orzerua. I'll explain what it is. The Ramchal had a Talmud Ramad Vali, a Moshe David Vali, Vavav Aleph Lamed Yud, who wrote a lot of Sfarim on Chumash, on Tanakh. The Sfarim are a mixture of Kabbalah, Kabbalah light, not Kabbalah, um, a lot of very um, chidushim, a lot of interesting, fascinating chidushim. And um, I'd like to read two or three lines at the beginning of Shoftim. He says, <laughs> Moshe was like the sun. And Chazal said Moshe is compared to the sun and uh, Yeshua to Levana. So Moshe is the sun, Yeshua is the moon. The moon reflects the light of the sun. It gets its light from the sun. It's a little easier to look at the Levana. And, and as I said, the sun, almost any, any um, mushal, any nimshal, that you can figure out between a sun and, and a moon will work over here. Now he says, This is stars. The, the, the progression should be natural. To teach us that we have a sun, a moon, and stars. Stars in the astronomical sense. That's the that's the sense that that it means over here. Obviously, 
So this sounds really wonderful, really, really great. This is an era that's not quite the era of, uh, of the, uh, you know, Moshe Rabbeinu and Yeshua, but the stars are still kind of very pure celestial beings. They're really wonderful. And yet, Sefer Shoftim is, is it, it, there's almost nothing good happening there, or at least nothing good that does not have any type of um, bad mixed in. The, the, the Goyim says in many places that the, the end of something is usually gives you insight into the essence of something. And just like the way if you write an essay, you have a summing up a line that sums it up. If you finish with an anecdote, you expect the anecdote to sort of uh, be uh, encapsulate the entire story that you said or whatever it is that you your, your entire point that you made. The, the almost the last chapter, just about the last chapter is Pelegish Begiver. Pelegish Giver was a horrendous event in the history of Yisrael. Somebody was traveling with a woman, a concubine, and she was attacked and died as a result of the attack. And then he, he cut her up into, the, into 12 pieces, sent it around to all the tribes to see what kind of terrible things had been done in Binyamin. The tribes came, they slaughtered out Binyamin. It, 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 every possible avail on the books happened. It's called Pelegish Begiva. And uh, it, this is just, this is, this sort of seals Shoftim. And it says that, you know, there was no Melech in Melech Yisrael. That's the ending of Shoftim, that these were days when there was no king. So if it's so good that this reveals all the Kochavim and so on, then why is it? Uh, why is Sefer Shoftim go from one bad parish to another bad parish? There's always bad thing. Even even when good things happen, there's always something mixed in, uh, uh, some underside of something that's not the good. Um, in other words, what was the fault of that generation? It's um, it's interesting. The, the Chazal say, in Gemara Sukkah says that every tribe had a shofet that came from it. Um, Rashi lists it over there, and there are three, there, there are a few shofet that we don't know where it came from, and three tribes that we don't see in the psukah represented. So there must be some match somehow. Rashi doesn't know exactly how, but so it, it does seem like there were stars there. You know, in other words, all the different elements came out. So I'd like to go through a bit um, the uh, uh, morale, and uh, we will, and from the morale, we'll try to get a sense of what the issue was. The um, the morale was based on a Gemara. It says somebody asked. There were two Amoyroyim arguing about something, and they asked Eliyahu Novi, "What is what are they talking about in Shemayim now?" So it says, It was actually the same argument they were having. They're discussing Pelegesh Begiva. Now, this is something that is extremely strange. In other words, what does it mean? Obviously, it's a metaphor about 
something that's an event that deserves to be discussed uh, in Shemayim. So we're talking about the event that they're being osik pelegesh begiva of all of all the events and all the things. Why would pelegesh begiva be the the topic of discussion? Pira says, the Maral says, Shashem yisbarach mimenu nigzar umesuder hametzias b'mashu yisbarach noisin haseder lakol. So um, the, 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 this is a, a, a term that the Maral uses many times. The word seder. Um, Torah is the seder hametzias, and I'll explain it. We'll spend a minute understanding what it means. Um, in order to have seder, which means organization, I need to have a common axis, a common point of origin, and a common axis by which um, I'm locating these individual points. So um, if let's say uh, I, I have a slideshow, so I take the slides, and I organize them based on the presentation I want to give. So what dictates the word organization is taking into account from where I want to go to where I want to go. And then each piece gets arranged based on what, what point along that line it's, it satisfies, what point is, is it bringing out? Um, and it can be very different ways. Um, I could, I, you know, when I'm arranging shoes in my house, I arrange them by the one that I need the most closest to hand. If I'm arranging it in a store, I may want to have the nicest shoes out there. If, if, if I'm giving it to charity, I, I may want the warmest shoes out there. The, the, the Seder is, is really the result of the superstructure that the most important point is point of destination and point of origin. So Torah, he calls many times a Seder HaOlam, Torah puts each piece into place based on a certain arrangement. Um, and therefore, ultimately, the only thing that gives Seder to the world, structure to the world, is HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Since everything in the Bria comes from HaKadosh Baruch Hu and has a destination based on HaKadosh Baruch Hu, then we have Seder in the world. Anytime something goes out of position, and obviously we're not talking about a mistake, but something bucks the system, he's really bucking HaKadosh Baruch Hu. What he's doing is HaKadosh Baruch Hu made a world with a certain purpose, to real something, and if I distort that and I go off on a different direction, in a certain sense, I'm starting up with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And therefore he says, Because 
the world, you know, it's it's one thing when a person does anavera, so that's sort of a little detour, and I don't see that as being a a uh, uh, an aberration. I don't see that as being a uh, going out of seder. But if everything is going wrong, so if Lamashal, if 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 I'm uh, if if let's say I'm cooking something, and sometimes it cooks quicker and sometimes slower, that's not cold. It's going out of its seder. But if it starts freezing the liquid, that's that's out of its seder. The events at Pelagish Ben Giva were totally. It was something that was a total. And breaking out of Seder HaOlam, that so many things fell apart. Every every aver on the book, every horrible thing on the book, and and, and, and everything that could be bad came out. So Akadosh Baruch Hu is being osik bipelegish ben giva means this is a parsha that is connected as as Akadosh Baruch Hu is Seder HaOlam. This parasha is 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 the opposite of it, and that's why it's worthy of divine uh, intervention or divine uh, uh, grappling with it, so to speak. Now the Maral explains why this was. There was no king who would who would give it that seder metzias. So um, the, 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 the morale's point is the, 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 the human counterpart of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's desire to make the world a Seder is a king. The king is the one whose job is to put all the pieces in place. Um, and let's explain, uh, let, let's explain a moment the difference between a king and a democracy. A democratic society allows for people to, um, to live and breathe um, so that, you know, the needs of society take care of and people don't kill each other, each other, and so on. But the society is not going anywhere without a king. Um, if you ask yourself, what's the goal of America? Well, Ultimately, it's to let everybody do what they would like to do in a way that doesn't bother anybody else, and and you know, and, and so on. But to say that there's a national goal, it, it's we have no definition there. I mean, you know, of course, everybody says wonderful things, but but it has nothing to do with the law and nothing with the constitution. Um, a country that's more specific, I just grab, let's say France, they have a sense of French and some sort of French character, some sort of, I don't know, French, something, there's something a little more to that. A king embodies, uh, a, it's it's a spearhead. It's it's kind of, we're going towards a certain goal. The melech is a Kaddish Baruch Hu's agent for bringing the country to a certain goal. So obviously he has to, he has to make sure everybody has, you know, space to live and everybody doesn't get it, doesn't kill each other, but they're going someplace. And when there was no Melech in Kali Yisrael, it fell apart. Um, that's why at the end of that story, it says, um, each, person did, 
as he sought, as, as he felt. Now it's interesting. It doesn't say that everyone did a virus. The real point is everyone, everyone did justice as he thought was just. And therefore it was absolute anarchy. It, people, everybody thought that they're doing good and right. Yeah, these you know these people had done what they did, but the people came and slaughtered out Binyamin. Really thought that they're doing the right thing, and so on. So you have ish of means there is no way to hook into um, what is right in an objective sense. There is no objective right. I think like this. You think like this. He thinks like that. The other is like that. Who's to say I'm more right than you're right? And who's to say we're more right than the other person's right? That that is real anarchy. I, I want to um, um, let's go to the next piece, um, which is, is sort of uh, complements this. It's a pasuk in Devarim, Tupsukim. It speaks about the prohibition of um, making a private altar. A private misbeach. So it says, "Losasun You're not allowed. To, the Torah tells us when you get to Eretz Yisrael, and you finally get to the base of Migdash, you no longer are permitted to offer sacrifices on your on, on your personal misbeach. So it says, "Losasun Every person. As he sees fit, you still haven't arrived to the to the to the final resting place, which means it basically for sure and Shiloh possibly and so on. So the Gemara it, it says over here, bring the Gemara down. The Gemara says, "My So the halacha is that you are allowed to bring, people were allowed to have private altars during, during the, all the years until they built the Beis HaMikdash, but the only thing they were allowed to bring on their private altars was a carbon nidava, a sacrifice that you bring because you felt like bringing it, as opposed to sacrifices that are obligatory. Now, that sounds to us counterintuitive. The obligatory seems to be more important, more demanding. So uh, if somebody had sinned and he has to bring carbon chattas, that should get a priority. And no, they, they did not bring that. They were not allowed to bring that. Uh, the Claudius soul could bring a carbon tomit and, and, you know, and the carbonist for, for Yomtev that they had to bring. But an individual could only bring um, carbon nidava and not a carbon chov, a carbon, the, the, the type of carbonus that I brought willingly, like as, a, as an offering, as opposed to those that are obligatory. What's the logic behind that? And it plays on the word ish hayosha be'enoviyase. To have a sense of a carbon that's obligatory, it must come from one point. In other words, to say that something obliges me, it means we, we subscribe to some sort of common standard that 
obligates us all. If we don't have that, then then the, the, the concept of obligation doesn't really mean much. It, 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 I might feel obligated to do it, but but if 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 if, it, if the reason why I'm obligated to do it because I feel I'm obligated to it, so it boils down again to feeling. So this was the error of Ish Hayosha Be'en of Yase, and it meant that um, we we could not have a sense of obligation. So the concept of Ish Hayosha Be'en of in two different places mean almost the same thing. The era of the Shoftim did not have a king yet. And that's why the era of Shoftim ends with Shmuel, who's who gets ready to anoint the first king in Kali Yisrael, first kings actually in Kali Yisrael. And it segues from the era of Shoftim. And that would eventually create um, an entity that would allow for the bringing of a Karmachova. Let's look at the last Rashi that I have, this piece, and this sort of gives us the, 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 the crucial point. This is by Korach. Korach said, listen, uh, this, you've, you've turned um, Judaism into some sort of aristocracy. Yeah, you know, only the high royal family, one Cohen, one this. We're all, we're all great people. We're all people that saw God. We want to have a much more democratic egalitarian religion um enough nepotism that's basically what he said i mean let's translate in english um so he replied to them he told them in the in the in the in, in, in by by idol worshippers they have many religions, many different priests. And each one has their own temple, their own God, do their own thing. We have one God, one Torah, one Mizbeach, one Koron Gol. And 250 of you want to be the head. That, 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 that is diametrically opposite to what we stand for. In other words, it's not only that they happen to worship the wrong God, it's that they have, there is no one God that is the standard for everything. It's everyone's got their personal God. That, that is fundamentally the opposite of what we understand. And it doesn't allow for anything else. It doesn't allow for obligation. It doesn't allow for emis. It doesn't allow for rule of law. So Shaftim is kind of an experiment. The Kochavim, it says in Rashi, in Breshis, Hashem gave the Kochavim to the moon as, as sort of um, a consolation prize, having lost all that light. So it was meant to somehow be under the domination of the moon. When the Kochavim leave that, when, when, they, when, they, when, they, when they just become little dots of light, 
That's where you get Ovde Kochavim. The word that, that always describes idol worshippers are Ovde Kochavim. Everyone has his own little point of light that he worships. That was the experiment that, it, it, that forced us to look for a king. It says that three things Kalaisa rejected, and until they don't claim it back, um, they're not going to get it back. One of them is the monarchy. We got rid of it, we, 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 we despised it, and until we don't ask for David HaMelech again, we're not going to get it. The, 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 the Tkuf of Shoftim is the era when we needed a king still, and we didn't have one. Blessed Lovo, Kadesh Baruch Hu will be our king, but this was the era that brought out how disastrous um, anarchy and not having, the way Rashi describes it, one house, one Mizbeach, one Torah, one Korngodo. Ish Hayosha Bein of Yasser. The Shoftim, each one brought out a particular greatness of their tribe. But in the overall picture, um, they, because there was this lack of, of a clear sense of one, it became, it, it, the society almost imploded. Um, Pelegesh Ben Giva was the final act that showed how, how rock bottom we could hit when we don't have a, a, um, a, a melech and so on. The, the, um, so Pasha Shoftim has in it, 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 it I mean, Sefer Shoftim has in it some of the bright spots of each tribe, like Madvali said, each tribe did bring a Shofate to the table and each Shofate had particularly exceptional qualities. And that's something worth learning as, as you'll be learning Shoftim, what each one brought to the table, but also understanding that in the big picture, it brought home the point that Isha Yashabein of Yas is not going to work. We're not on a Madrega when we could just say Hashem Echad and everything will fall into place. Uh, and we're not holding there. And we came to realization that we need um, a Melech. And the Melech is the one that um, brings back this, this, this um, environment of one God, one temple, one Kongadl, one Mizbeach. No more Isha Yashbein of Yaseh. And when you don't, when it, when Isha Yashbein of Yaseh stops, that's when you begin to get the sense of chov, of obligation. You can now, you can now bring a carbon that you're obligated because the word obligation actually means something. So, Bez Hashem, this is, it's, it's something that is, it's, it's a, um, it, it's, it's, I don't have the right word for it, it's empirical experience about how bad when we don't have leadership, when people don't have the sense that there is an emiss that you need to follow, um, it, the, the seder falls apart and nothing works in tandem. Chesed and getting along with people does not take us any place. At best, it, it, it takes off the, 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 the rough edges of, of conflict. But to go someplace, you need to have malchus. You need to have the, the, something that gives that direction. And uh, Master Lovell says, Hashem will be Malkeinu. 
However, you know, these are things, the loss of love are things that uh, we don't know exactly, but Shriach is, is, is a vital step in bringing back Malchus to Israel. But the eventual goal is that Akashpoch is Malkano. And, and then Seder will restore the Kaiso. Everybody will find um, their rightful place, will know what's right, what's wrong, and so on. And then perhaps the stars can shine again. Each and every shavit can bring his point to the table because he knows exactly what the big picture looks like. Okay, Ratzlach on, on, on your learning of, uh, of Shaif Demet Hashem. Okay, thank you very much, Rabbi I, I think Rabbi Steinmetz was playing like a practical joke on me 